Welcome to Farmland. Now with the results of General Election 2020 being the main talking point among many farmers this week, Farmland digs a little deeper and finds out what the results could mean. Here's what's coming up. We head to Ballajames Duff Mark to see how farmers felt about the result of General Election 2020. We take a look at how to body condition score a yo. Eddie Punch gives his views on how the results reflect farming issues. Now with the results of the election in, we have seen a surge in support for Sinn Féin. But how do farmers feel about this? Sylvester Phelan finds out. I'm here outside Ballyjane's Duff Mart in County Cavan and I'm about to ask farmers how they voted in general election 2020 and how they made their voices heard. Here's what they have to say. How do you think farmers voted in the election? I voted for change, I did. We have been asking for a change for a long time now and nothing has been coming our way. The various different ministers for agriculture has done nothing for the farmers. So we're hoping now that with a new regime in place that we can get a better price for our beef. How do I think farmers voted? It's very hard to know. Uh, traditionally, farmers would have, would have voted uh, with the two mainstream parties. But uh, sure, obviously, this time round, a lot of people went for the left-wing parties. I think farmers turned more to Sinn Féin as they're in the policy. They focused more on rural Ireland, the likes of Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. They sort of forgot about them. And Sinn Féin, seemingly, in their policy, they're focusing more on rural Ireland and more about farming and getting better cap. I don't think the government uh, was taking the farmers serious. Um, but I think now uh, the people of the country and the government will take them serious from now on. Well, I was listening to some reports there that something like 14 to 16% of uh, Sinn Féin first preference went, were uh, given by uh, people who would normally support Fine Gael. Now, Fine Gael used to be the farmers party so maybe the change of the court. A lot of the young people voted for Sinn Féin. The suckler farmer is, 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 in, is in deep need here and he needs a few pounds badly. We'll see what Sinn Féin can do on, on, on that end of it. Do you think the Sinn Féin message resonated with farmers? Farmers wanted change and what Sinn Féin will bring to the table will be change. The governments in the last number of years or in the past they had forgotten the farmers, they had forgotten rural Ireland, and unfortunately maybe this is a lesson that they needed to learn. We need a change when uh, the previous ministers weren't doing anything so. Uh, it's about time a change came now and we're hoping that things will move on and that uh, we'll get a better base price for our beef, number one, and that we'll be treated fairly, because it's very one-sided at the moment. Sinn Féin were the big winners and uh, it, their messages obviously resonated with somebody. Now whether that was farmers or not, it would be a very, very hard thing to do. You'd have to conduct a poll or something, uh, but it definitely resonated with somebody. In my constituency, Johnny Gurk was the local one and he came round to most of the farmers and he did come out and said what he was going to do, that he was going to fight for better beef prices and he was going to put a commissioner, that Sinn Féin are going to put a commissioner over the whole beef thing just to see, to, to try and even out better for the farmer, you know, that they, they were the only ones who put the foot down and says they were going to do this. They seem to resonate with the younger generation, people uh, up to 40, 45, 50. People under that age seem to have uh, voted in their droves. Sinn Féin was up here and we were up, up here um, outside the Liffey Meat say Sinn Féin turned up there and, and gave us support, you know. Who do you think will form the next government? 
Um, it's a, that's a very good question. I, I don't know who will form the next government. Uh, probably uh, Sinn Féin and maybe a couple of independents and people before profit and uh, the Social Democrats. Like, even if they went into a minority government, probably something like that. Now, whether Fianna Fáil will join with them or not, uh, at this stage, your guess is as good as mine. I have a feeling, a good feeling, that it could be Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin and some other independents. I'm hoping as well, because you know the people did vote the way they voted. Who do you think will form the next government? Well, it's early days yet. There's going to be an awful lot of horse trading, I suppose, for the next couple of weeks. Um, it's looking like possibly uh, Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin. And uh, Sinn Féin is definitely going to be in the mix anyway, I think, regardless of what government is formed? I think it could be a Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, a Green Party. That's the way I'm looking at it, I'd say, because it's going to... I think Fine Gael just made a mess of the last one and no one wants them back. They came out third and Leo Bragger was the first Taoiseach ever not to get in on the first count. You know, you know the way the elections are in this country. You could do great one year, right? Next, next election you could be voted straight out. That's the way it is in this country. So it doesn't make any difference what you do. Now, staying with the results of the election, Eddie Punch of the ICSA dropped into our office to discuss with Claire McCormick what he thinks the results mean for farmers. Eddie, we saw in Ballyjames Duff Mart there that farmers are saying that some that may have voted historically for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael for the traditional parties voted for change. The election happened in a backdrop of protests, the beef protests, there's a lot of climate shaming about farming, um, a lot of worry after Bordemona closing. Do you think this was a protest vote from farmers? Well, there's no doubt that for cattle and sheep farmers, uh, 2019 was a terrible year, bad prices, and combined with a general sense that they weren't being respected, that they were being blamed for climate change, everything was against the beef and sheep sectors in particular. And, uh, I think in that context, it was always inevitable that there was going to be people expressing their frustrations in the ballot box. So now we face into a new government and clearly whoever's in government is going to have to be seen to tackle the crisis that's in the beef sector. Uh, they're going to at the same time have to address the issue of climate change and the fact that farmers feel that they're getting far too much of the blame, that agriculture, the narrative almost is that it is livestock farming that is causing climate change. And the story, of course, in Ireland is much more positive than that. We believe in ICSA that agriculture is part of the solution, not part of the problem. Well, I suppose Sinn Féin has been the story of the results so far. They have 37 seats, Fianna Fáil, 38, Fianna Gael, 35 the independence as well at 19. But I suppose if you look at the Sinn Féin manifesto and what it would mean for farmers if they were in government, they talk a lot about front-loading payments and cap, capping the payments uh, the, to bring in schemes for suckler farmers, 200 euro per cow on the first 15 cow, increase the sheep welfare scheme, um, go after the beef cartel, all this type of language. But it seems to be very much focused on the part-time farmer and a kind of a more extensification model of agriculture. Should more intensive farmers, uh, more large-scale farmers, be worried right now? 
You know, when you're talking about CAP, and obviously CAP has to be reformed now, it's, it, you know, it's, it's been deferred as a result of changes in Europe. Uh, the first thing that has to happen is we have to have a CAP budget, and we're looking at already a proposal for a 5% cut. So we need the new government to be out there fighting for a full, full budget. But no matter what happens, uh, there is a loaves and fishes element to common agricultural policy payments. And there is a need to strike the right balance between supporting the, you know, the, the, the full-time farmer and at the same time making sure that there's fair payments for uh, cattle and sheep farmers, a lot of whom are part-time. So that's a really tricky balancing act. And I think that you know, we are moving to a stage where if you're a 400 cow dairy farmer, it is going to be up to the milk processors to pay you a market uh, a mar give you a margin from the marketplace. And on the other hand, the less intensive cattle and sheep farmers are going to need better supports if they are to be able to fund the kind of measures that are being talked about under climate change. So, and that's not about, that should not be about getting rid of suckler cows. It's nonsense to think that the guy with 10 suckler cows is the cause of climate change. When he goes down the road and sees a dairy farmer with 400 uh, dairy cows, he doesn't believe he's, he's, he's the cause of climate change. But in reality, we need to have an overall national narrative that what we do in Ireland with grass-fed beef and dairy production, all of that is better than the alternatives, which is exporting that to some other country. Do you think a Sinn Féin-led government would go after this beef cartel, which they refer, Sinn Féin referred to in their manifesto, more so? Would that be more of a focus, do you think, for them than the main political parties? It needs to be more of a focus, but um, the reality is that, you know, we've seen a complete inability of the competition authority to, to do anything about what happens further down the food chain. We've farmers are very frustrated about the fact that the minute farmers, you know, complain about beef prices and we have any sort of talks at all, the CCPC is in on top of us saying, "Oh, you can't discuss prices," and they were they took a very extreme view of competition law. Um, we think that. Uh, you know, this is a complex issue. It's the same thing for trade unions who can't exactly represent self-employed people in the gig economy. And it is clear to us that competition law at international level, which really should be about big, powerful businesses abusing dominant positions, is ineffective in actually doing that and at the same time is, is zoning in and stopping farmers fighting for a better price for themselves. Uh, so I think, you know, yes, the new government is going to have to focus on this, but this is a European problem, it's not just an Irish problem. Uh, it is the same story right across Europe and in the United States as well. And it's not just in farming, it's in all these sectors, you know, the, the Googleization, the Amazon, Amazonization of, of a lot of sectors. Too much power in the hands of very, very big corporations and not enough support for the smaller family business. Eddie. One of the strategies of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael was this focus on Brexit, but yet when we saw in the exit poll results that came out, Brexit only influenced voters by 1%, climate change 6%, farming didn't even feature. What does that say about where farming stands in modern Ireland? Look, I suppose the urban people were, were focused on housing and health, but Brexit and the other trade deals, and let's not forget there's a Mercosur deal that's uh, there as well, 
These are something that the new government is going to have to be very, very influential in terms of where they stand. We have to have a Brexit deal that allows us to sell beef and other product to the UK tariff-free. If we don't have that, everything else is goosed. And the new government is going to have to make its mind up where it stands on Mercosur, because bringing in more Brazilian beef at a time when we're struggling to sell what beef we have is disastrous. And look, Sinn Féin have taken a strong view against Mercosur. It's now time for them, if they're in government, to prove that. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Eddie. Now, as it's springtime, we thought it would be good to find out more about a vital skill in sheep husbandry, body condition scoring yos. Michael Geary finds out how it's done. The lemon season fast approaching at many farms across the country. Today we are going to be outlining the ins and outs of body conditioning scores and the importance of condition scoring your yos coming up to the lemon season. Hello, my name is Kean Condon. I'm a dry stock advisor based in County Leitrim. Today we're looking at body condition scoring, the importance of it, how to do it, and some of the impacts it can have on flock performance. Really, yos should be checked for condition as often as you can over the course of the year any time that you're handling them at all, but there are three times which is most important. Firstly, when the yo is being weaned, when you're taking the lambs off them. Secondly, is about six weeks or so before the ram goes in. And thirdly, is at scanning time. And we're basically looking for three things. We're looking along the spine, we're looking along the lateral bone, the transverse process, and then in between that is the loin muscle and how much fat is actually on the loin muscle itself. For yos such as these lowland yos, we're looking for a body condition score at lambing of about three. So Keen, we've identified this yo as being a small bit undernourished. Can you just talk me through it and just let your farmers know an idea of how they can condition score their yos? Yeah, so where we're looking in is in on the line and the spot we're looking for so we can feel the hip bone is about there. Yep. And the last rib, rib. is about here. So we're coming in in the middle of that and you can basically put your hand on there so I can feel the, the spine there. Yeah. And you know, she's not in bad condition, but you can, you can reasonably prominently feel the, the actual spine itself. And on the side there, you can make, it, make them out. It takes a bit of pressure, but we can make them out. So she's probably, you know, below a three, maybe a two and a half. Two and a half. There's a reasonable muscle on that as well. And if we try, if we put both hands in underneath, you know, is that we can just about get the tips of the finger underneath. So yeah. she's probably, you know, maybe two and a half, but she was a low, yo, lamb last year and ran into a bit of twin lamb problem, so we're going to keep an eye on her this year if she's yeah. a little bit under condition. So if we take just a few points on the scale, is that a yo at a body condition score of one is going to be fairly emaciated. The bones on her spine are going to be standing out, they're going to be quite prominent and sharp. And if you feel the transverse process, the side bones, you're going to be able to put your fingers in underneath that and lift up the yo with your two hands. It should be fairly easy to do that. And if we use your hand as a guide, is that that yo, is that it should nearly feel like the points of your fingers, like that. There are a number of issues that arise when the yo is thin before lambing and around that time. Firstly, is that where the yo is under conditioned, is that energy will be diverted away from the lamb and also from milk production after lambing. So you run into smaller lamb weights. These lambs are typically colder and typically weaker with higher mortality rates. For yo in and around peak condition, at a body condition score of three, if we put pressure along the spine, we should be able to make out the bones, but they shouldn't be that prominent. And again, around the side, it will take firm pressure at the side to try and, and just 
mark out where the bones are along her and the loin muscle should be fairly full with a small covering of fat on it. And again, if we want to judge her hand, usually somewhere around the knuckles, you can feel the bones, but there's no real difference. If we go up towards condition score five, usually at that point, if a yo is up between four and five, mostly what you'll just be feeling is body fat at that point. You won't be able to make out any of the bones at all, and there'll actually be a layer of fat on top of the spine itself. So Keen, we've identified this though as probably being a bit too heavy coming into the lamb period. I suppose, what would be your advice and how would you sort of, how would farmers identify yos that are probably a bit too heavy coming into lambing? Yeah, so again, we just go in and just feel where the, the spine is there and yeah. the side and the muscle there. And like this yo is in good condition. You know, the spine is, you're kind of just feeling a bare line, yeah. maybe even a struggle at that. And you can't make out the bones on the side at all. You know, there's no... It's very difficult to get your hands yeah, underneath. there's no way you're getting the hand anywhere close to the side of that. Good full muscle good layer of fat on her, so like she's a good four body condition there. Yeah. We've just body condition scored all the O's and they are in relatively good condition coming in with a body condition score of between 3 and 3.5 which is just what you want. I suppose the take home message is for farmers is to handle your sheep, you know, it is very important. You're not going to be able to tell from a distance what condition your yo is in, so it's important that you get in there, maybe when you're vaccinating them, scanning them or even run them through a footpath just to get in and physically handle them and see what condition they're in because then you can split them up into groups and feed them accordingly. And that's our lot for this week. We hope you can join us again next Thursday. Goodbye for now and happy Valentine's Day.